Welcome to Healing After Baby Loss, the podcast I wish I had eight years ago when my beautiful daughter, Harper Grace, was born still. I have spent the last eight years devoted to healing, and these are the 15 things I wish I had a playbook for. My hope is that you take what serves you and leave what doesn't, but that in these words, as I share our story, you can find hope and healing and know that our nonprofit, stillmama.org, is here for you. I am your host, Doreen Korba, and this is our journey. Hello, welcome to episode number two. We are going to be talking about how in the world to talk about death with children. And I wanted to do this one right away because it it was one thing to lose Harper. It was a whole other thing. Like the, the very next question I had after what do we do now? Right. And figuring out how to bring her into the world C-section versus vaginal birth, the very next thing I went to is what am I going to tell Michael, my son, who was three and a half and waiting for his baby sister to come home. We had been prepping the house and talking about her for almost 10 months. I mean, we were two days away from finally, you know, having her, we were going to be induced. And I had, I was like, I cannot believe I'm going to have to have this conversation with Michael. I can't believe I have this pain of my own and now he's going to have pain, right? Like it's not just my journey and Mike's journey. It's now Michael's journey. And I felt like it was so unfair in so many ways. I think unfair is the biggest thing that I have felt. I still have waves of like, this is not fair. Cause the truth is it's just not, but we did have to tell Michael and there were no resources for that, nor did I have the bandwidth, like the wherewithal to Google them and find them. And like, I was in such a state of shock. And the time that I had, I spent with Harper. Like I didn't want to do anything but be with her in the hospital. And of course, after you leave the hospital, I was going right home to see my beautiful, incredible three and a half year old baby boy who was expecting me to walk into the house with his baby sister. You know, I've seen myself grow so much in this area now that I have sat in these shoes and like know what to say and what not to say because. I was living it. You know, I am living it. We have lived it. In this episode, we're going to talk about what we say in the beginning and how we handle their, you know, our, our kids grief as they grow, as their brains understand more and more and can comprehend more and more what this loss means. And also if you have kids and you are listening and you're a friend or, you know, a family member, how to talk to them about the loss of maybe not a, not an intimate family member. Right. But like, maybe it's a cousin or maybe it's a friend, you know, what do you, what in the world do you say? (laughs) Right. So I did not have the time or bandwidth to figure out what in the world we were going to tell Michael, but it was, my number one concern 
was of course the child that I did have that was alive, that was here, this beautiful boy, how are we going to tell him without making him afraid that he would die? How are we going to tell him like, how was I as his mother going to shield my grief or show my grief? Like, what was that going to look like? And I have, a, I have an episode on that. So that's coming. But the first thing that I want to talk about is like, what in the world do we tell them right off the bat? So we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're an angel mom and you had to break this news to, to your beautiful children, you are completely resonating with what I'm saying. And depending on what you believe and what your faith is, that's really where you start. So we were raised Catholic, both my husband and I, we, there's things about Catholicism that we don't agree with more so now than before we lost Harper. Cause before it was just like, Oh, you know, there's God, there's heaven. Let's do good work and be in service. And that's, that's what Catholicism was to us. So we both believed in heaven. And so we decided to tell Michael when we got home, the, it, it, by the way, when we walked in the door, the very first thing is we had everyone. So we had all of our family there. We asked everyone to leave, like not leave the house, but to go into a different room, go outside, just like leave us be the three of us. We called ourselves the three musketeers. And I sat on the left side, Michael sat on the middle and Mike sat on the right side. We told him that baby sister flew to heaven and that she, these are all the words we had at the time. And I'm going to tell you what I wish I would have said, right? But baby sister flew to heaven. You know, God needed her and more than we needed her apparently, and that she wasn't going to be coming home. And he didn't have like a lot of questions. He was only three and a half, but it was later that day. But we told him like she was born, she was beautiful. And then later that day at dinner, he, we were all, you know, sitting around the table eating and he was like, I want to sing happy birthday to sister because today was her birthday. It was so sweet and so innocent and wrecked me completely. Like I couldn't breathe. I had to leave the table. It was so sweet and so innocent and so sad. We did the best we could. Now, looking back, hindsight's always, always 2020, but I don't know that I would change anything because I don't think he really remembers that conversation. I think what he remembers is mommy and daddy. Well, he doesn't remember. Like if you ask him, he he doesn't remember. But what I think was the most important is that mommy and daddy were solid and shared with him what was going on directly to him. Like we didn't have someone else deliver the news. We didn't have someone else tell him before we got home. Like I was very focused on it being me and Mike. And it was incredible that I was able to get through that conversation with how much like anxiety I had around it and just how scared I was that I was going to F it up. Like I really didn't want to screw this one up because I didn't want to see his little heart broken at the same time. I needed to tell him the truth. Like she had died. And what I felt like was so unfair when we talk about death of a loved one with kids is like, I didn't want him to worry about death or 
any of that at age three and a half, you know, like I wanted him to have this beautiful, blissful childhood where nothing went wrong. And I think we all want that for our kids. Like, I don't know any parent that doesn't want to create that in like the best way they can for their kids. So the fact that life happened to us, I was angry and it felt very unfair that Mike and I had a beautiful marriage and we had such a great life and we were contributing to the community and we were doing our jobs and we were self-sufficient, like all the things. And another, another thing about this is like, we couldn't wrap our heads around like why this happened to us. And I am going to talk about that in an upcoming episode. So when we needed to talk to Michael about it, we didn't know what we were doing. I did ask the hospital for some resources and I think they may have given me a book to read to him, but like I read it and I was like, this is not what I'm reading to him. (laughs) Like this is not happening. We will, we will just do it. And I remember being the one doing the talking. I'll be curious if Mike has a different recollection, but I remember being the one to tell him and it was incredible that I was able to get through that. I mean, I, I had some small tears, like but it wasn't like the sobbing, can't catch your breath kind of, kind of tears. And partly because the reality of it was just beginning to set in. Um, and the shock was just starting to wear off. And so, you know, I I highly recommend you being the one to break it to your kids. And by the time you listen to this, by the time you find this resource, if you're an angel mom, you already have gotten past this, like you're well on your way. But if you are someone who, this applies to anyone that you lose, that it just, it's just completely unfair, whether it be a parent or a cousin or, or a sister or brother, just following your own inner guidance here about what your faith is, what you want to tell them. Because I I also thought to myself, well, I don't want to like pretend heaven is like this grand place that he's going to want to go to, right? I wanted to tell him about souls and spirits. And that's that's the conversation we went into after we told him the initial news. But also, like, I didn't want to make it this alternate reality that was so much better than where we were as a family. Because his little brain would think that, oh, well, I can't wait to go see Harper in heaven. Like he, you know, there was, there was some of that. And I would say, I understand that you feel that way. And also we have a really beautiful life here, you know, and just letting him know that heaven is heaven. I mean, I don't know what you believe, but I'm not sure Mike believes in heaven at this point. Like, I I mean, our, our spiritual lives have shifted so much based on losing Harper that, you know, we just, We just did the best we could with the information we had. And then as we learned and as we started to get so connected with her spiritually, um, and she started to send us so many signs, we focused on that more than, oh, like this is where she is. But for a three and a half year old, he wanted to know where she was. I remember him saying, but where is she? I need to know where she is. If she was here and she's not here, then where is she? And we didn't bury her. so. I couldn't say like, oh, she's in the grounds because he wouldn't have understood that. But when we did bring her home, I couldn't physically see the urn. Like that was way, way, way too much for me. So 
I had a conversation with Harper and I was like, listen, I love you so much that I can't see this urn. So I'm going to put you in your nursery in the closet. And it's not that I don't love you. It's that I love you so much that I cannot, I'm not strong enough to see this right now. And so I, I, I would have those, those spiritual conversations with her, like in my head, as Mike would say, like she would want us to do anything we needed to do. And that was very, very comforting. And, and it was really comforting with Michael too. He didn't say it in those words. I think he said like, she would want us to be happy or something, but I took it as, well, that's true. I can't imagine any child not wanting their parent to be happy, but also just the idea that she would want us to do anything we needed to do. So the initial conversation was we did the best we could. As we grew as a family through this grief, it was hard for me to hide and I didn't want to hide it from him. I didn't lean on him by any sense of the imagination. Like that is not a child's place. And I also didn't want him to see the depth of the pain, but he, it is healthy for him to see human emotion. And if he died, I would be the same way, right? So it's like, it's healthy to show, in my opinion, right? Like take what serves you, leave what doesn't. Of course, I would have preferred to <laughs> gone in my room and cried by myself. But sometimes we were at the grocery store and someone said the name Harper or we were out and the flood of tears would come over me. And it's just like grief took over. Like it, it, it wasn't in my control at all. And because it was summertime, Michael was out of school I was spending so much time with him that sometimes grief caught us while we were together, right? And so he he saw it, but he didn't comment on it much. Um, if he saw me crying, I would just say, mommy really misses Harper today. And that was it. And so when I think about talking to children about death, I think about a few things. I think about telling them the truth and the truth is subject to what you and your family believes. I think about being the one to tell them, no matter how hard it is, like you being the one and letting them feel that solidarity as a family. And I also think about growing with them. So as Michael has grown, his questions have changed. He used to say when he was a little boy, well, if heaven is in the sky, then I'm going to crawl up the tallest tree, mommy, and I'm going to go get Harper for you so that you're not sad anymore. And it just broke my little heart because I didn't want him to worry about me, right? Even though I wasn't leaning on him, he was a part of this journey and I didn't want that for him. I didn't want any part of it for him. It was just, he, it's just such a depiction of, of his personality. He's 11 now. He is the sweetest boy. He is all boy. He is all sports, all boy, but he has the kindest heart. And so explaining to a three and a half year old, like he wanted to know where she was. Okay. She's in heaven. Heaven's in the sky. It's like over time, he realized that, you know, when we took plane rides, like, and we were in the clouds, he's like, well, she's not up here. Where is she? Right. So as his development grew, our conversations grew. And I never was the one to bring it up because I didn't want to impose grief on him. I wanted him to have his own journey. 
But as he did have his own journey, because he's going to his, his questions changed. And I see that with my little girls, Josie and Quinny, who are my rainbows. Josie is my rainbow baby who I had after Harper. And then Quinny is my double rainbow. That's what I call her. I mean, we talk about Harper at least once a day. Her name comes up in our house. She is a very big part of our life. And I mean, we have a nonprofit in her honor. My entire work life has changed because of her. And so she's always a part of our conversation, but I can see it with them too. Like as their little brains grow, they have, they have different questions. And the biggest thing is just being honest and doing the best you can while answering those questions. None of this we want as parents, like (laughs) no part of this do we want for our children and it has happened. So we need to talk about it. And I think that we change this generation when we're open and honest with them about things like death and spiritual connection and faith and what you believe. But that was the second biggest thing (laughs) was what in the world am I going to tell my child? How is he going to react? How can I support him? And of course, as I got myself immediately into therapy, I thought about and was aware that he may need some support, but he was pretty, he was pretty unfazed. Like he was three and a half. So it was a blessing that he was so young that his brain couldn't fully comprehend. It still can't fully comprehend, you know, the depth of what we've gone through. And it won't because his brain will not fully develop until he's in his 20s. And so I just roll with the punches and answer his questions as they come up as honestly as I can. He is also aware, as the girls are too, like when her birthday comes, we um, we celebrate it and we go away as a family and mommy cries extra. And, you know, like they're, they're aware. It's just part of our life. Like my grief is part of our family story. And by the way, I'm saying my and not speaking for Mike because his journey is his journey. And I said this on the last podcast, but I don't want to put any words into his mouth or talk about anything he hasn't said I could talk about in relation to his grief. So I'm not over here thinking I'm the only one suffering. I am just speaking from a mommy point of view because this is the journey that I know. Like this is, this is the journey I know best. If you are a friend or family member, here are a couple of things that I have learned. I would love it if the people close to me talked about Harper with their kids. I don't know that that has happened. You know, I I do know that there were a few instances where parents told their children, you do not ever bring this up to the Corpus. And I remember thinking, I don't want that. Like, I, of course, I want you to mention her name if you're thinking about her or ask me questions or, and, and asking me, you know, spiritual death questions is not my place to answer. Like that's the parent's place. Right. But it's important to me. And I wish that, you know, friends and family and colleagues would talk to their kids about what it looked like to lose Harper or that we did lose her. So I had some colleagues and friends who did, you know, who we saw afterwards and they knew I was pregnant and their kids were older and 
they sat them down and told them like, you know, Doreen's baby died and we're going to see them tonight for dinner and, and it's okay to have your feelings. Right. So there were those families and that's, that was incredible. And then there were other families that just didn't know what to say. So they told their kids not to say anything and they never said anything to us ever again, as though it never happened, even though we would see them often. Right. And that was not comforting. That was like, I'm going to erase this pain because I don't know how to deal with it. And I don't know how to tell it to my kids. So I'm just going to pretend like this didn't happen. Or they were thinking, I don't want to make you upset. So I'm going to tell my kids not to bring it up around your kids. And because we don't want to make you cry. The truth is someone telling me about my daughter or asking me a question about Harper is not what makes me cry. What makes me cry is if I want to cry anyway, (laughs) some days someone will ask me and I'll be fine. Another day, someone will ask me and I will cry. Like on the last episode, I didn't know I was going to cry, but like, here we are, right? Every day is a little different and I'm cool with that. Like I, this is, this is my path. Like this is what it looks like. So if you have lost someone and if it is someone who is in proximity to you, especially if it's a baby, tell the kids, like, don't pretend like it didn't happen. Don't tell them never to bring it up because that sends the message to them that death is bad that um, talking about feelings is bad, that making someone else upset or cry is bad and scary. And it's like, this is not teaching emotional intelligence, right? This is not, in my opinion, you guys, and I do have my master's in counseling and I'm a grief and trauma coach, have been for years and done all my own healing. So I am coming from this from an expert view, but also take what serves you, leave what doesn't. I don't want to raise a generation of kids that are like afraid of their feelings because that's how we were raised and we got to stop that. And they, and the kids don't need to ask me questions, but one of the families that we saw a lot, I wouldn't say like a lot, meaning like a few times after Harper died, because I really wasn't leaving the house. One of their kids, I forget. He said something like, I'm really sorry your baby died. And he hugged me so tight. And that was it. And it was the sweetest thing. I forgot about that. (laughs) I forgot about that until just now. So it's just so sweet. And like the other kids in the family didn't feel the need to do that. And that's totally fine. Like we're not looking for comfort from children. I just don't want what happened to us to be a topic that's taboo in other people's conversations and households. So that's what I would say. If you're listening to this because you have a friend or a family member who's lost a baby, which I hope this does become the resource for that, talk about it in the best way you can. Like none of us know what we're doing when, when death hits us out of the blue, like none of us know what we're doing when we lose our babies. And asking us as the parent, like how, like what people can do. Like, we don't know. (laughs) We have no idea, but looking back and have, having spent the past eight years looking at this and dissecting this and working on this inside my own soul, I really do appreciate those of you. If you're listening and you're my friend or family that have talked to your families about it or to your children about it, it's such a beautiful opportunity to 
share without brushing it under the rug as though it never happened. I can say one of the biggest things that hurts my feelings is if someone, if we're like, oh, and Harper comes up in our family conversation and it's someone that's close to us or a family member and they're like, who's Harper? Oh, nothing is like, it's just, it's like a knife through the stomach talking about it. And just like I did with Michael, like not imposing someone else's grief, but you can say, oh, like Michael, Josie and Quinny. And then you can just like roll in there. Like, you know, they, they also have Harper, but she's in heaven. You know, it doesn't have to be like this sad conversation, but it's just a reality of that this happens because what you don't know is what you're going to get, what you, you know, what your kids are going to grow up and have to face in their life. Right. And um, just honoring, honoring Harper in that way means, means a lot to us. And it means a lot to our kids because it was last week I was meeting my littlest Quinny. She had a play date and we're sitting there and this is a, a mom that I hadn't met before. She met, Quinny met this best friend at school. And so I finally got the mom's number and we got the girls together outside of school. And she's lovely and she's nine months pregnant, um, about to have her third. And we're sitting there and Quinny's like, guess what, Madison? You know, my, my, um, I have a sister in heaven. Her name's Harper. And Madison was like, oh, and Quinny went on to talk about her. And it was so beautiful the way that kids, my kids, at least, I don't know about anyone else, but my kids talk about her and just like very matter of fact, did you know I have a sister in heaven? Her name's Harper. And it's so, so sweet. And the little girl was like, oh, cool. You know, like, and off they went to play and her mom, it was like, I don't know if it's, you know, too much to ask. And we, and I was like, of course not you know, we could talk about it. And we had a great conversation. But the point is, is my kids are going to bring it up and they're going to want to talk about it. And if they're with people that they know are really close friends or really close families and they bring it up and the other families and friends are like, who's Harper? They're going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's my sister. She lives in heaven, you know? And so it just puts them at like a really weird conversation as well. I will also say, I remember when we first moved from the East Coast to the West Coast for my husband's job, as we were meeting people, I was like, one of the biggest things I was worried about is like, how are we going to tell people about our story? Like, how am I going to weave this into conversation? Because in Pennsylvania, like everybody around us knew because they lived it with us. And it didn't take me very long to figure out Michael was going to tell them all. <laughs> Michael, who was, how old was he then? Like six yeah, six or six and a half, we would meet new people and he'd be like, yep, this is my little sister, Josie. And this is my new baby, Quinny. And I have, I have a sister in heaven. Her name's Harper, you know, very matter of fact, very like, yeah, if you want to get to know us, you want to meet all my sisters. Well, don't forget one. And he's very much so like that. Now, every drawing has Harper in it even last year. So he's 11. So last year when he was 10, they did this these drawings in school and he never talked about it. You know, we just, one of the things he did. And at the end of the year, you know, you go into school and you look at all their stuff and their biographies. And he did a, a self biography and he said, my sisters are Josie, Quinny and Harper. Like he never forgets her and he's not sad about it. I think that's what I was so afraid of is like, how do I break this to him so that he's not sad about it for the rest of his life. And the truth is his little brain couldn't comprehend it. So 
we just told him in the level that he could understand. And as he grew and got older, he did ask more and more questions. Like exactly how did this happen? Like how exactly what happened, mommy? And I think Quinn, the littlest who's four has asked me how like a hundred times this year so far, like exactly how did it happen? Like they, they want to wrap their brains around it. And I tell them, (laughs) I tell them another big question that we get from our kids a lot is like, why, you know, why did, why did that happen, mommy? And my answer is just really honest. And I say, I don't know why, like the, that's the truth. Like I'm never going to know why until we're all reunited together again in heaven. Like I'm never going to know why I stopped looking for why. And that's going to be one of the podcast episodes. So that's coming too. But why is a big question. And if you're looking for answers, I would say, I don't know why. And like also not knowing all of the answers is okay as a parent. If they want to know how, I tell them the how, but the why is it's the truth. If I tried to come up with a reason, then I would be lying because the truth is I have no idea why this had to happen to us. So I hope this was helpful in just what helped me and what continues to help me. Like when people aren't afraid to ask me about Harper, that's beautiful because she's a part of our life anyway. Anyone that has lost a baby especially that's born still like had to bury a baby. Like if you have to cremate or bury your baby, you are still thinking about your baby all of the time. And I think that other people think that you go on to have more children and it just becomes something that isn't top of mind. Like it's over, but it's never over for us. She will always be a part of our family. She is always with us. I am always thinking about her and it is okay to, to ask and to talk about her, talk to your kids, talk to your friends, talk to your family about death and that this happened to someone, you know, and they're surviving and thriving. Like what, what a beautiful story to teach your kids and yourself. All right, my friends, I'm so looking forward to the next episode. And if you got value out of this, please leave us a review. So the way that more people can use this as a resource is by leaving a review. So reviews are kind of like Google analytics, like in order to basically bump up this podcast. So it becomes more of a resource when someone types in healing or baby loss or stillbirth or something like that. It's based on the amount of reviews that you have as the podcast is launched and is running. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for leaving a five-star positive review so that others can get this information as well. I love you guys so much and I hope you have a beautiful day. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so that others can find this resource too. And if you would like to get involved with our organization or donate to our cause, you can visit us at www.stillmama.org. That's S-T-I-L-L-M-A-M-A.org.